Welcome to Humanizing Marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Marketing Cloudcast, a podcast by Salesforce created to bring together marketers, thought leaders, and industry experts from around the world. We are here to elevate conversations, different points of views, and ideas to inspire us all to be better marketers. I'm Tina Rizul, one of your hosts on the show, and I know it's been some time since we've last connected, but I've missed you all and hope you've been staying safe and are doing well no matter where you are in the world. Looking back at last year, it was quite a transformative one. There was a lot of pivoting and adjusting. One thing we can all agree, no matter how much change we went through, we were able to connect in new ways that we didn't think were possible before. We showed up as humans, and the more human we are, the more real and powerful our connections can be. And that is one of the silver linings, having this community of marketers to connect to, share ideas, and empower us all to meet our customers at the moments that matter. And this is why our series is really focused on humanizing marketing moments. Because when we humanize marketing moments, we connect with people in a more meaningful way, especially in this always on work from anywhere digital first world. How can we lean into what we know about our customers and support them in an empathetic way? Well, we'll talk about that. Each episode will unpack how we look at data and empathy to create meaningful moments and amazing engagements. And with this new theme, we have a new host joining us on the show, Marty Kine. Happy to be here with you. Now, guys, Marty is a bit of a celebrity in the MarTech space. He may not admit it, but he is. He's a well-respected writer, researcher, and analyst who has written many books. Fun fact. One of them was actually turned into the HBO hit series, House of Lies. Now, Marty brings so much wit and wisdom. It's an honor to have him be a co-host on the series with us. And in addition to a new co-host, we also have a fantastic sponsor, our great partners and friends at WordPress VIP. It's a fantastic enterprise content management platform that helps people around the world stay creative and innovative. Now, here are a few words from WordPress VIP's CEO, Nick Gurner. Customers will actually pay for the better customer experience. And really, from our perspective, we think content really sits at the heart of digital customer experiences. Um, and I like to think about this as like, look, there is no customer experience if we don't have content. Marketing is not simply just one point where we acquire a customer through a very transactional nature. This is a relationship that we're building with customers. And, and content really gets at the heart of that uh, through authenticity, which I think is just something that just generally customers are expecting in this. Now, Nick touches on a good point. At the heart of everything we do, it should be authentic. But for us to achieve that, we need to know who our customers actually are. And we need to understand how do they actually want to be engaged? Well, we'll talk more about that on a future episode with their CMO, Joyce Solano. Now, on this first episode, you'll get to meet Marty. And you will also hear from our first guest, Shannon Duffy. 
She's our executive vice president and marketing leader here at Salesforce, who leads our digital 360 solutions. She'll share all of her learning moments as a marketing leader. She'll also share how we can all be better at creating humanizing marketing moments, leading into data and empathy. Now, to kick things off, everyone, please give a heartfelt welcome to the incredible Marty Kine. Welcome to the show as our new Marketing Cloudcast co-host. Hello, Tina. Thank you for calling me incredible. That's the first time that's ever happened. Appreciate it. We want to share the, with the world who you are, because I'm sure people will be Googling you and they will find a lot of great information as you have your own Wikipedia page. You are currently leading a lot of the really great innovation as a product strategist and evangelist. So what that basically means to people who are tuning in for the first time, Marty really works with our customers to talk about the benefits of technology and really how that influences any future decisions that they make partnering with Salesforce. Prior to joining Salesforce, you were also a researcher and writer for Forbes and New York. You were a head writer for the MTV Network series Pop-Up Video. Pop-Up Video. Yeah. Share us a little more about Pop-Up Video. (laughs) I specialize in Michael Jackson, Alanis Morissette. This was in the late 90s. and uh, Pop-Up was massively popular. Pop popular get it we had it actually we're on oprah we did a pop-up oprah twice we did a news radio which was an nbc show it was really the acme of my entire life but it was an extremely difficult job and i did get to talk to rock stars but on the way down (laughs) they were on the way down but in addition to you being a head writer at mtv networks you have also authored a handful of books, but wanted to unpack House of Lies, how management consultants steal your watch and then tell you the time, because that was actually turned into a series, which is properly known as House of Lies. So share us that story. Yeah, there was, uh, it was a show on Showtime, Showtime Networks, and Don Cheadle played a character named Marty Khan. Mm -hmm. Marty Khan was based on me, uh, but People who know me and maybe even the listeners out there can tell that that character is really quite different than they They fictionalized it. They created a whole kind of backstory for him. But I was happy to see. I mean, it was a sort of a memoir of a disgruntled consultant. That was my book. And, you know, true story, true enough. And then uh, it became, when it was a television show, though, it became much more glamorous. How did that happen? How did the network reach out to you and were like, actually, this is an awesome book. Like, let's turn into a series. Oh, it, was, it was, you know, a multi-step because Hollywood development is very circuitous. And there's a lot of kind of luck and yeah. involved. And I, I wrote it as a business book. It never occurred to me that it would be a television program or a movie because it didn't wasn't that kind of book. But somebody, a producer, liked it and thought it was kind of funny. And they said, this would be a good setting because you could change the set every, every week. So they could have a different yeah. engagement, go to a different business, and kind of funny antics would ensue. And that's how they did it. Of course, in the real consulting world, you never have a different client every week. You'd be at the yeah. same tire company for six months, but that's not very exciting. I think you you downplay all of the experiences that you've had in your life, Marty, which we are looking forward to hearing more on this series. And likewise, Tina, I mean, you've had a, a very interesting life, not, not quite as long as mine, but yet action-packed, <laughs> global. You've lived in how many, on all the continents, I believe, except for Antarctica. 
Yeah. That's on my list, Marty. When the when the world reopens. Where are you from? You're in Sydney right now. Where, where I am. So I'm in Australia, uh, but originally from San Francisco, California. So everyone back home, I do miss seeing in person. I've lived in Seattle, Washington, Paris, France, Sydney, Australia, and who knows where the next location will be. I actually see myself as an adventure seeker. I think uh-huh. that's why I like marketing particularly product marketing, which is the organization that I sit in, but it's working with different types of people around the world and really what's compelling stories that our customers want to hear. So that's why I love traveling. Well, that's a good segue, Tina, into the theme of our our new episodes. So we do have a new series. We do have a new series. So our new series, Humanizing Marketing, the reason why we wanted to name the series Humanizing Marketing is we learned a lot last year, didn't we, Marty? Like going yeah. through the ups and downs. Whether we wanted to or not. <laughs> we Whether we wanted to or not, we didn't have a choice. Yeah. And we wanted to be very thoughtful of how can we actually unpack mm. what it takes to keep customers engaged? Because we had to pivot a lot. And with the pivot, we also needed to be authentic and genuine. And the fundamentals of doing that is looking at what do we know about our customers, but at the same time, balancing the realities of the world, because we went through every climate imaginable <laughs> last year. Well, even as marketers, you know, I noticed uh, there were distinct phases. There was sort of the shock and and uh, and bewilderment of March that, that fed into April where those people were kind of frozen in place. And then there was, yes. then there was May where things got moving a little bit, but we still had so much unknown and people had no so idea. I mean, we had no unknown. idea. I went home from the office thinking I'd be back in a couple of months. I still have my coffee yes. there waiting for me. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah. And wow. advertisers were, you know, where they're like, Oh, they, they pause campaigns and then marketers, they um, started to have more empathy in their messaging. And then eventually they thought, well, maybe it's business as usual. I think we're all kind of dealing with different phases throughout the year. And so adaptability has really been the most important asset, I think. Yeah. One thing, too, we learned as marketers, it's how. How do we move forward? How do we now in this virtual, always on digital world, continue to grow and nurture and be there for people? That's really what we're going to unpack in this series is there are different ways in which we can communicate and continue to market. We wanted to be very thoughtful of what we're going to unpack. Throughout this series, we'll talk about what does the state of engagement actually look like today now that we are in this not as physical world as we used to be. And well, I think another point around uh, humanizing is personalizing. Yes. So it's one-to-one to the extent that you you respect the other person, but you're also using good analytics to do predictive modeling. So you're actually delivering a relevant message. And that's very, that's very important. We have some episodes planned around uh, AI, machine learning, personalization. So that's really right at the heart of what Marketing Cloud does. We'll talk about building trust as well and what that looks like and how to have and use all the data, which you are an expert in. And then finally, the future. We want to spend a little bit of time at the end talking with futurists and some of whom work at Salesforce. We've got a lot of really smart guys and women on the team here who do nothing but think about future and where where the different tech stacks are heading. So 
I'm looking forward to that one. So yeah, we have a lot of exciting conversations that are going to be very real, genuine. Now that we have Marty as a co-host, very witty, maybe controversial. Data-driven, I prefer to think, Tina. Data-driven. That's a very, very good data-driven. Yes, data-driven. <laughs> but we also want this to be engaging as well. So if yeah. you're tuning in, tweet us at Marketing Cloud or email us at cloudcast at salesforce.com and We'd love to hear what you guys think. What are some humanizing tactics or strategies that you guys are doing within your world? And we'd love to elevate them and talk about it on the show. Starting out with a thought leader in the marketing team, Shannon Duffy. She's the EVP at Salesforce who leads the Digital 360 team. And she led a lot of the reimagining that we saw across the world from launching Digital 360 in the middle of a crisis and under her leadership led uh, an incredible global team and continues to do so. And so Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today in this episode. Thank you for having me. Shannon, reflecting on your role leading the global Digital 360 team, what were some of your pivotal learning moments that stick out to you that really influenced how you led the team and, and some of the really impactful marketing moments that we created over the last year? The last year was the hardest of my professional career. I say that all the time, and I feel like many of you uh, can certainly relate to that. You had sort of this perfect storm of a global pandemic, social unrest, homeschooling children, not having connection, not really knowing what was going to happen from the next day to the next day. And having to lead through that and continuing to focus on work, your job, your teammates, and the customer experience was unlike anything I'd ever gone through. And hopefully we'll never go through it in that way. I think the biggest learning as I reflect on where we are today, which is almost a year since Salesforce sent me home from San Francisco to work for home for two weeks that has turned into much longer than that, is to lead with empathy, both for my team, my peers, my boss, and also to speak with empathy when dealing with our customers and our marketing and making sure empathy is in everything we do from our email communication to our ads, to our events, because everyone, I can't remember the last time everyone globally, it was kind of suffering through the same amount of unrest. I don't think I've seen it in my lifetime. And so how can I, as a marketer, use the channels I have to really connect with people in an empathetic, authentic way? The last year also just grounded everyone and to some extent put us all in the same playing field in terms of we were all going through this together. And, you know, no matter where we were in the world, we were all experiencing some sort of unrest. Yeah, I think, and and what's interesting to me, Shannon, I'd like to get your perspective on this, is we had to adapt pretty quickly to working from home. And a lot of us had done it before from time to time, but now everyone was at home, uh, regardless, and with our pets and our kids and whatever (laughs) running around. And, And I know we had to transition. How was that for you and your team? How did you guys adapt to that new reality? Yeah, that's it. So I think there were pros and cons, right? I used to travel a lot, but if I was in the Bay Area, I was in the office and I didn't necessarily like my commute, but I liked being in the office. I liked being around people. So I think I went through a phase where like the first week or so I was like, I don't have to commute for three hours a day. And I was really into that. And like, I'm going to be so much more productive. 
But relatively soon after, I started missing the connection and just those informal Mm -hmm. moments in the hall, or do you want to go for a walk and grab coffee? And I've been struggling with recreating that, getting to know new team members. It's hard to get to know when you don't see them or you don't travel to the office every day, compounded by the fact that I, you know, I'm a mom. I had two children who were being homeschooled and also struggling with their own sort of emotional reaction to being at school one day and then cut off a cut off from the neck. So I have made an effort to try and connect with people in my organization informally as much as possible, but it's not easy to sort of recreate that office magic. I'm really excited with where I see the industry going and what Salesforce has announced with sort of this work from anywhere, sort of more flexible work environment. I think that's long overdue for the industry, right? We've had the tools forever and we've shown. I will say my team didn't miss a beat and was just as productive being remote all over the world than we were in the office. So we know we can do it. And now it's how do we find that balance between the human interaction and content with expanding sort of the workday and the, the workforce in a work from anywhere sort of society. Do you, do you ever see us going back to the way it was last year? You mentioned all that travel. No, no. Because we're sure we don't have to, right? I mean, at, at Salesforce, we are known for Dreamforce, which was, you know, this amazing technology event that defines the industry in a lot of ways. And we did Dreamforce to you. And so traditionally at Dreamforce, I would do a keynote and then I would spend probably about half the time, if not more, in what we call SICs, meeting with customers. I did those from my, from my living room. And I met with customers in Australia. I met with customers in New York. I met with customers in Europe. I met with customers in San Francisco, all from my, my house. Right. And while you can't completely recreate the personal experience, the content was the same. The conversations were very similar. So I think we've shown you don't need to get on a plane. Although if someone asked me if I wanted to go on a business trip right now, I probably would take them up on it because I want to get out of my house and back, um, but not at the rate that we were doing before. Yeah. What were some of the other big changes that Salesforce made, particularly the marketing organization over the last year? Because with everyone still being productive, working from home, it was really hard and still we were able to accomplish a lot. Can you share some of the biggest changes that were made? Yeah, we had to make a lot of changes. I mean, I think marketing at Salesforce for many companies, we were the tip of the spear for transformation, right? Because we are able to pivot quickly just by nature of what we do. And we had to. The whole concept of being empathetic to me, that's how do you humanize marketing? And in no time was that more important than I think March on from last year, right? Because Everyone was struggling. Everyone was dealing with what does this pandemic mean? What does it mean to my life, let alone my work? And the potential for brands to be tone deaf, usually through marketing, right? Because that's what people see at scale was so acute. And so while my team was incredibly productive, we had to pivot really fast. And we had to really look at every single piece of content, every single email, every single sales player, making sure it was empathetic and humanized. And, and on tone. So that to me, I think is like, we were productive once we were able to make that shift, but making that shift was mission critical to our success in the last year. And had we hadn't done it, we wouldn't have seen the success that we did. Well, I know as, as a employee on the inside, we noticed right away, Salesforce started to offer things like we had be well and mm-hmm. daily meetings with the executive leadership team. And, and there was a lot of internal communication and something we did on a marketing front was leading through change. Mm-hmm and the Leading Through Change program. 
can you just tell us what was the thinking behind that? What was the inspiration for that? How did that come to be? So leading through change, I think, was, again, another one of those things that we did quickly and was sort of defining of the way we were approaching the whole pandemic. I mean, March, April, May, everyone was struggling with how to lead. And people weren't like, oh, my goodness, I need to buy software today, right? Even though people were still buying software and still having the conversation, people were like, how do I lead? How do I transform my business? I'd be doing? How should I be taking care of my employees? How should I be taking care of my customers? And so Salesforce, we we had to change how we market. And our whole marketing was focused on topics like that. It was focused on how do you make this transformation quickly? How do you get more out of the products you already have versus maybe trying to buy something new? Now, this content always existed, but it was really at the forefront of our message at that time to do exactly what the, the thing said. How do you lead through change? And quite frankly, like we don't have all the answers. And so it wasn't just hear from Salesforce, it was hearing from other customers, the peers that people have in the industry all over the world that were sharing their stories of how they were, you know, leading through this pandemic together and taking care of their employees and connecting with their customers. So that was like a radically different program. And it's by all accounts, one of the most successful that we've had because it really resonates where people were, what the people were feeling then and what we continue to feel now. A lot of organizations, they look to Salesforce as this guiding organization that was able to do so much in a short amount of time. What's a piece of advice that you would share with others who are trying to pull this off? How would you recommend them starting and and being able to support their teams and do marketing that is humanizing and powerful? So I'd say two things, align and go. My story that I tell people is in February, I was in London. Again, Again, I can't believe I was in London in February. It seems so long ago. And I was... Telling to the global sales organization our marketing plan. Three weeks later, we had to throw it away and start over. And so, and that plan had taken us months and months to get to the point it was. And so, there was a lot of aligning and going, right? Like, what are we doing? And of course, at Salesforce, we use the V2 Mom. So, we write it down, we prioritize it, we talk about what we value. And so, that helps us make decisions. And we had a V2 Mom and we had to align and write that V2 Mom and get it out to the global marketing organization virtually overnight. But once people had that, it was documented, it was clear priorities were clear, we were able to, again, align and go and completely shift and transform the way we did marketing. So you mentioned earlier, Shannon, uh, Dreamforce. And Salesforce is known for its events. We have, we're very good at events, <laughs> I do say so myself. And uh, people look forward to them. And they, they tend to be large events and very well planned. Of course, last year, we couldn't really do any of them. And so I know originally we had a, a world tour in Sydney that went to all digital format, and we kind of used that as a template. But What did we learn about events in the past year that we can use going forward? Is there anything that Salesforce learned from this? We learned a lot. And I, again, kudos to my colleagues in Sydney who literally transformed overnight their in-person event to a virtual event. Um, What we learned over the course of the year is shorter is better. People have short attention spans. It is okay to be to use things like comedy and entertainment and art to break up the normal everyday content. And how do you connect sort of the virtual event experience to being able to get more content later? So for example, if I go to a leading through change and I hear this wonderful executive speak about how she has transformed her business or her industry, is there a blog post or something that I can refer to later that sort of reiterates that content? So sort of connecting the virtual event and the the content that lives in other spaces um, is something that's proven to be really successful. But short, short is key. 
How short? (laughs) 30 minutes of pure content and that's about it. We all have Zoom fatigue. I think to add to that too, what we're learning that as humans, we cannot look at a screen for eight hours, but we can spend 10 or 15 minutes fully engaged and then maybe have a dialogue or see a demo and join a virtual room. It'll be interesting to see how marketing continues to evolve in that way, knowing that other parts of the world are starting to reopen, but leaning into connecting people both virtually and physically where possible. Yeah. One thing uh, we're experimenting with are watch parties. We just had our company mm-hmm. kick off. How do you put people in groups and they watch it together? So I'm I'm not sitting at a table in a room in the Marriott watching our company kick off. I'm sitting in my living room, but I can see fellow colleagues from around the world and we're watching the same content and discussing it together. So there's a lot of interesting things that I think we're trying to do. And I think will kind of redefine the way we engage with events going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I know an important part of events is the schmingling part. The <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, I have the content and I learn. But yeah. All, all these kind of interactions that are less formal and some of it just serendipitous. And I know it's very difficult in a digital context to recreate that. But there must be some thinking that we're doing around that, Shannon, in terms of bringing people together. Absolutely. Because I think that's the number one thing that I know I miss and I hear it from my, my colleagues as well. And so I think it takes more effort to do. We've done the virtual happy hours. You know, my team, we did our planning meeting and then we put people into groups and we gave them questions to ask each other that were kind of crazy just to get to know. And so it definitely takes more effort. But I think it's so important given just how much business kind of thrives off human interaction and how we needed to recreate it virtually in so many ways. And I've been at quite a few of these uh, virtual wine tastings or uh, virtual cookie eating, actually, or different sensory experiences. Chocolate whiskey are big, too. I got one of those. And th- those, are, uh, those are very informal. And I think that people do get some some good quality connection there. So absolutely. So on the on the product side, to change gears a second, um, Salesforce did a lot. So we launched. We had all these free solutions. We had Salesforce Care. We had uh, Work.com, Vaccine Cloud. Obviously, got a lot of attention recently. And then the leading through change we mentioned on the marketing side. And then there's also Digital 360, which you are leading up the marketing perspective. So Digital 360 is a, a combination of elements within Salesforce itself. Can you tell us what what's the inspiration behind Digital 360? What is it aiming to accomplish? Yeah, so Digital 360 is meant to make it easier for CMOs, CDOs. We like to use the term CMO plus, right? Because the title can change. Have them get up to speed with digital and work on digital transformation very quickly. Everyone was talking about digital transformation before March. This was not a new concept. But what we saw in March and April very acutely is if businesses did not have a digital presence, they had no business. And so what we said, we said, let's make it easier for our customers to go digital quickly. Let's put these products together in a way that makes sense, are easy to implement and work together so they can go digital, you know, quote unquote overnight, but literally, you know, in all, in all seriousness, in the matters of days or weeks instead of months or years. And so that was the impetus around digital 360. And then once you have the product, it doesn't stop there. It's about education. It's about reskilling. It's about how do we show people 
how their users can learn how to use these products and then even go one step further. What are the best practices for going to digital? How do you write a really good email headline? How do you implement a social campaign going beyond product, but also making it easier for companies to get the value of the products and have their employees using it every day in a really productive way as well? So it was to support the rapid digitization of the workforce, I guess. And it was in a sense, because as you said, everyone had a digitization plan, everyone had a digital roadmap, everyone had business transformation in in progress already. But the pandemic last year has accelerated that by all accounts. And I think Digital 360 is part of that story. Yes. And it's a combination of marketing and commerce and uh, communities, what used to be called communities, now experience cloud. Yeah, we saw that in the data. I mean, what we were seeing was our companies... Like we used the, the term, it was Black Friday every day. That was the volume that people were seeing on these digital properties with these emails that were being sent because that became the only channel. And then when you think about the concept of humanization, when digital is your only channel, it's more important than ever for it to be humanized because you don't have the person, you don't have the sales rep anymore. You don't have that that going into a store and someone can show me the red sweater because it matches my shoes. And so again, having that data, having that single source of truth, I'm really utilizing it in a way that makes the customer experience really special and a moment and engagement versus just a transaction was mission critical. And how do you see humanizing marketing evolving? We're going to be in this virtual always on world. Would love to hear your point of view. So I think it all goes back to data. And I keep talking about the single source of truth, but that's because it's so important. If you have data that's fragmented, you can never recreate the humanized experience. You just can't. And so as marketers, we need to value our data, understand our data, and be able to use our data. I think tools like artificial intelligence at Salesforce, we have Einstein, I think are mission critical, right? Because that's going to help us humanize at scale in a lot of ways. And will help, you know, as we think about like scaling human beings, how can the AI Einstein maybe do some lower level things so the person can, you know, have more deep, deep relationships. There's a lot of things that we can do now. And then it goes back to like the art side of it. Like marketers, how are you doing things that are relevant, right? You can look at the data and the data will help guide you and the data will give you the tools and the technology will give you the tools. But what is the content you're putting out there? What is the message? How are you testing that with real people and making sure it resonates and then kind of having that feedback loop into what's working to make more decisions. So data, but also like, are you doing relevant things? It's very important. Yeah, we, Tina and I were talking about how do you describe humanizing and what does humanizing mean? And one part of it is definitely empathy, having a sense of what the other person, the customer, the prospect is going through. But there's also this sense of humanizing and and making it relatable and relevant. And and that could indeed involve humor. And and we're seeing that more and more. And that's part of being human. So it's, you know, I don't know if ro- if robots laugh, maybe they can train themselves, <laughs> but human beings definitely can. So we like to encourage that. Absolutely. Yes. Well, my, my son likes Alexa to tell him jokes. So it's, <laughs> Alexa's got some good ones. Um, yeah. So um, Shannon, we've talked a little bit about humanizing marketing, why we created this series, but what does humanizing marketing mean to you? Humanizing marketing means everything. It should be the North Star of every marketer. It's definitely my North Star and the North Star of my team. I think it is engaging your customer, your prospects, 
the humans interested in whatever it is that you are selling, marketing, whatever, in a way that's empathetic, it's authentic, and it's useful. And it is that goes back to that surprise and delight. How are you talking to me as Shannon Duffy, a mother of two that lives in California versus, you know, Shannon Sullivan, which was my name 20 years ago, which I still to this day get emails on, right? And so how are we using our channels, our content, our messages to really, really help our customers be that trusted advisor, give them content that's valuable to their jobs or give them those moments that made their life just a little bit easier. If it's remembering their favorite ice cream flavor when they log on to order, just these moments that are all going to like surprise and delight us. But in this crazy, crazy year, they mean so much more because of all the stress and craziness that we're under. So that's what humanizing marketing means to me. So now we will segue into the rapid fire question. Rapid fire. So in no particular order, Shannon, uh, are there any silver linings in the past year coming out of this difficult experience? I think many people can probably empathize with this. I think it really drove home how lucky so many of us are and how as much as it's hard not seeing people, I am incredibly lucky to be in a house with my family and, you know, have coworkers that I still get to see, even though virtual over Zoom and we're still doing great work and able to connect. And so I think to me, it just like it could always be worse. And I'm very it's reminded me of how I am lucky in a lot of ways, as so many of us are. Absolutely. Adding on to that, did you pick up any routines or do you have any routines that you value that help you either function or that is really important to you? I mean, other than sit in my chair for 12 hours a day, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much the routine. Um, I would say I have tried, you know, the first six months of the pandemic, I did not prioritize like physical movement. And I would say the last four months, I really, really tried to do something every day. And I'm not like doing crazy, you know, workouts, but I've recognized the lack of movement was really impacting my mood. And so making sure I incorporate that every day is really important. Same here. So when the, um, when the restrictions are all lifted, Shannon, and everyone's happy and can go anywhere, where's the first place you would want to go? Oh my goodness. Where will I go or where do I want to go? Cause that's- where would you like to go? <laughs> oh my like? goodness. So I've been watching feed Phil on Netflix. There are so many places. I really have always wanted to go to Argentina. So that's pretty much <gasps> much there. Buenos Aires, Mendoza, Patagonia, like, so that's fantasy land. That's where I'm, that's where I'm going to head. Love that. Now I'm going to pivot and ask a, a marketing question. What are the universal characteristics that stick out to you uh, that really makes a rock star marketer? So I don't know if this is specific to marketers, but I will tell you what I look for in employees. And those are people that are collaborative, positive, and self-starting. And when I interview people, usually I'll be like the final round and that's what I look for. And I have never met anyone who is positive, collaborative, or self-starting and they have not been successful at Salesforce or anywhere else. And so marketing, like marketers have different skills. Some are really creative, some are really analytical, some are better writers, some are better designers. Like that is kind of like, it is what it is. But those three personality characteristics, I think define not just how successful someone will be, but also the culture of a team. And so that's what I look for. That's great. And if you were sitting down with little mini Shannon right now, uh, just starting out in life, 
Shannon Sullivan, I guess. Uh, is there any advice you would give her? Uh, I would have told little Shannon, which I actually have a little Shannon, but her name is Kendall and she's 15. And my daughter, who is exactly <laughs> like me, which is well, terrifying and, and cool at the same time. Uh, I would say be bolder. I, I think I spent too much of my early days as a young woman in business, intimidated, not having imposter syndrome. And I just would have told myself, just be be bolder. Do you? Don't care what anyone thinks. It took me <laughs> decades to realize that, and I wish I would have realized that sooner. I love that. That's great advice for all of us. Everyone, be bold. Lead with empathy. Create humanized marketing moments, and be bold. And be bold. I like that. Thank you, Shannon, for joining us on this first episode of our Humanizing Marketing Moments series. It's been so great to chat with you. I know you're sitting in San Francisco, Marty's in New York, I'm in Australia. So this is a truly global call. But thank you so much for joining us. You guys are the best. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Shannon. That was a great discussion and a great introduction to this exciting new season on humanizing marketing. And we want to make sure that we thank our sponsor, WordPress VIP. Thank you for supporting us. And we look forward to working with you all season. Everyone stay safe and well and looking forward to talking with you on our next episode where we unpack the customer data platform and really how having that single view of your customer will help you amplify and create more humanized marketing moments. Don't miss it. Thanks, everyone. Bye.